Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want tables. Arts and entertainment. And like it. There is an academic type of word I can apply. There is similitude. Holy moly. I'm hot today. It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment. Thank you so much for joining me again. we got a good show for you today. Going to start off talking with Mackenzie Ashbaugh. She is putting in a virtual production of Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream way out Wednesday right after that. Then after news, State of the Arts with Gus Gordon. And then my review of Funny Lady, the sequel to Funny Girl. It's all coming up. But first, here is Mackenzie. It is a classic by William Shakespeare, of course. Most of them are classics that he did, Midsummer Night's Dream. Now, this production will be a little different, even from some of the productions you may have seen virtually. Uh, I am talking with the director and or producer of this show, Mackenzie. How are you, Mackenzie? I'm good. How about you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm doing pretty good, too. Thank you. So before we jump into the show, just want to get to know you a little bit, a bit of what... Um, your history with uh, doing theater here and anywhere and uh, wh- where you got your love of theater and how that's brought you to uh, where what you are right now. Yeah, so I actually have been doing uh, community theater in Springfield. I believe my first show was when I was in sixth grade. Um, it was the directors were some good names. Uh, Gillen and Offerman um, gave me my shot there. Yep, they um, gave me my first show too. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely got into theater then, and I've done a few shows a year since then. Uh, it's kind of trickled down since I left and went to school for um, pharmacy. Um, but I still try to do as much as I can and support everyone as much as I can. But I've lived in Springfield my whole life and done theater here my whole life. And it's a wonderful little community to be a part of. Yes, it is. And lots of community theater to be had here in Springfield. Uh, no shortage of it. Even during the pandemic, there is a lot of theater going on, uh, which right. brings me to this show that you are doing. What made you want to do William Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream? So I actually just became a part of some Facebook groups. Um, they, I got invited by a mutual friend of a friend of a friend. Um, and it's a, a group where people can post shows, have auditions, and they do virtual read-throughs. Um, I've actually been able to audition for a few, and I'm currently in the ensemble of Greece. Um, nice. so that virtually, um, and it has people from all across the country. So it's it's pretty cool to be a part of and see that. Um, the reason I chose a Midsummer Night's Dream um, was actually my senior year. I went to Rochester High School, and um, we did it my senior year, and we did the Shakespeare version. Um, and it was a kind of hard to. It's a beautiful language, but um, you have to really be listening and paying attention to what the actors are doing. Yep. Um, and so for this, I chose to do the modern adapted English version to hopefully make it a little bit, you know, easier to understand and things like that. That's interesting. That's really cool. I don't. I don't know if I've seen, uh, seen a Shakespeare show, matter modern English adapted. That's great. Um, so I want to ask a little bit about um, about uh, both the audition process and how the show is going to go. Because a little story here. I was talking with somebody yesterday about this. Um, I tried out for um, it wasn't Shakespeare. It was Tartuffe, but the show is written in a similar uh, sort mm-hmm. of style. And I, I auditioned with a Shakespeare monologue, and well, it's a good thing that audition wasn't filmed. Uh, it, I bombed horribly. It was terrible. So, what uh, if people may be even 
with you know even with an, an adapted english sort of uh style that the show is going to be in you know shakespeare to even a lot of theater people may be you know that that is a tough challenge uh yeah. so how are the show how are people going to be able to try out for the show and what is the show going to be like in terms of actually performing it so um, what we've determined to do is kind of a very low stress environment. We just want to be able to have fun. Um, and so what I've decided to do was have um, auditions. So I've been posting throughout some different Facebook groups. Um, I took it from the Facebook group that I am a part of that's nationwide and posted it in our Springfield Theater group. So I thought this is incredible. And I hadn't really seen much of this happening in our community and I thought what a great experience to be able to share this with people that I know are incredibly talented and um, get them in on some of the action that's happening on these groups. And so I have been doing auditions on Facebook through Messenger. Um, I actually have a Google Drive link that I've organized that has some script excerpts for certain characters. And I've just been telling people, you know, read for one or two of your favorite characters um, and to send that video my way, either by commenting on the public Facebook post. And I know some people are a little camera shy. So I've also been letting people direct message me their auditions as well um, through Facebook Messenger. And so kind of just getting their auditions, um, reading some of those lines and just kind of getting a feel for it. Um, but we are not doing any rehearsals. There's not going to be any memorization required. Um, I'm encouraging those who are cast to, if they would like to wear a costume, to costume themselves up. Um, <laughs> if they would like props, prop it up. Um, but nothing is required. I just really hope this is an opportunity to have fun and de-stress for a few hours on a weekend. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. That is that is awesome. So uh, I, I was looking at uh, some of the information because I was on um Facebook, and we'll get into that also in a little bit. Uh, and it and it said is there. There's a couple characters, um, in terms of uh, in terms of gender that they have to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. But uh, I noticed that it looks like there might be uh, there might be some opportunities for some non traditional casting, as it were. Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit about that. What you're looking for with uh, the various characters in the show. Yeah, so we have our, um, there's, I don't want to say one person's a main character because I feel like everyone in the show has Big equal show. importance. It's a, yes. Yeah. Um, and there's like four different plot lines all going at the same time. <laughs> um, so we do have our four lovers who are um, two uh, females and two males. Um, and so I'm kind of, I would like those to be the roles that they were designed to be. Um, and then as well as our fairy king and our fairy queen. Um, but other than that, um, I have no preference on gender. Um, it's a total, I guess I never heard it termed this, but someone told me that it's a gender bending show. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm proud that it is. And I think it's incredible. And I've gotten a lot of amazing auditions. And um, I know recently, like a lot of people are just want to stick straight to this character who says it's supposed to be male. So we're going to cast a male. Um, but I'm definitely looking at switching things up. And if someone wants the opportunity to audition for a part that they might not traditionally get, um, like I said, it's kind of low stakes, just stress-free. And I just want people to be able to kind of express themselves through theater through this. So, yeah, well, that is great. Um, I, I do, you know, it, it is cool to see cause, uh, you know, the Shakespeare's shows and th this is one of the ones, especially where you see there, there really is, there's a lot you can do with those shows because right. the way, the way they were even originally performed in Shakespeare's time where they were not, I mean, I don't want to say minimalist, but I mean, they were like you, they just kind of performed the show as it right. sort of was written. Um, I mean, just basically not, not basically with dialogue. So there is like a lot you can do with it. So I think it's really cool that you're so, so you said on, on the, on the post that you are going to be uh, casting this pretty soon. Do you have an idea of when the show 
you think is going to be cast and when so, perhaps you're going to be doing the show. So I really hope to have it cast. Um, I was hoping by Friday. I have a few people that aren't able to get their auditions to me until then. Um, so I'm hoping to have it cast by this weekend at the latest. And then once we have everybody cast, um, I'm going to put everybody into a big message and we're going to choose one day and one time that works for everyone to just kind of get on the computers all together. And I believe we'll be doing it through Zoom. If I find something better, then we'll be doing it on that. But as of right now, I plan on doing it on Zoom. Um, and so we'll kind of just be finding a date and time that works for everyone. But um, I don't have a hard deadline. I just really am taking the auditions as I'm getting them and casting off of that. So for people that are really interested in auditioning, I would suggest getting your videos to me as soon as you can. Um, and if you aren't able to get it to me as soon as possible, just shoot me a message. Um, I'm really lenient and really, uh, really low, low key and chill with this whole process. So um, if you're not able to get it to me ASAP, at least shoot me a message and let me know that you're very interested and in what parts you're interested. And I'll definitely write your name down and keep you in mind as I cast. Awesome. That's that's great. And with this video, your name is right there, Mackenzie Ashbaugh, so they can look you up. However, yep. um, if this is over, so this also people might be listening to this as a podcast or even on the radio. So if you could spell your name for everybody so they can search you on Facebook to get in contact with you to find uh, to find you to be able to if they want to be interested in doing this show or helping out in any way, how can they get in contact with you? So my name is a little tricky to spell, um, but my first name is Mackenzie. It's spelled M-A-K-Y-N-Z-I-E. And then on Facebook, I also have my middle name, which is Elise. Um, and then my last name is Ashbaugh, A-S-H-B-A-U-G-H. Wonderful. Okay. So make sure if you want to be a part of this production, look up Mackenzie on Facebook, send her a message and uh, maybe a little video audition, say, hey, this is who I want to read for. And remember, aside from those couple of characters, you really can read for whoever you want. So, you know, if you say, well, you know, I, I like this part, but, you know, I'm a man or a woman. It's like, no, just read it. And you never know. That could be that could be the part for you. Right. Uh, so and then look out for it. And it'll be a very uh as Mackenzie said, a very laid back production. You'll be able to just chill out, have some fun and brush up on your Shakespeare, as they would say in yep. Kiss Me Kate, the musical. Uh, <laughs> Mackenzie, thank you so much for joining me and uh, break legs to everybody involved with this production. And we will uh, stay in touch, talk a bit about this soon. We are going to take a short break and come right back with Way Out Wednesday. Yes, it is Way Out Wednesday! <laughs> way Out Wednesday! Yeah! All new right. intro for the new year. I know, that's pretty spiffy. Thank you, I, I appreciate new it. New year, new you, right? New year, new me, new us, new Yeah, new, new. and new morons to talk about. New, uh, new morons, there's always morons to talk about. There is, and we start with one pertaining to the new year. Oh, good. This one is choice. Uh, this one comes from the wonderful world of Reddit. If you've never been on Reddit, oh, it, there you can find some doozies like this guy here. So long story short is thus, all right? Man and his wife are have, having a baby. I don't know why I sang that, but whatever. Uh, it's that terrible Paul Anka song. <laughs> Look it up. It's creepy as hell. But uh, so the, the kid was born 1105, on New Year's Eve, mm -hmm. all right? So dad gets the paperwork to fill out the birth certificates because mom's got her hands full. She right. just gave freaking birth. She shouldn't have to do paperwork. She might be busy. Step up. Step up, dad. Step up. 
So here's what transpires. Nurse gives him the paperwork. He goes to fill it out. And he's like, uh, you know what? I'm just going to write down that my kid was uh, 1205, January 1st, 2021 is when he was born. Mm. Nurse goes, sir, that's 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 inaccurate. That's that's not factual. It was 1105 on December 31st, 2020. He goes into a big tizzy oh, saying... 2020 was a crap year, and I think we all can agree on that. Yeah. But he's like, so, but what's an hour matter, man? Don't be harsh in my gig. Like, I don't want to remember 2020. Like, I want my kid to be in 2021. She goes on and says, hey, that's illegal. Like, we have to put the right information. <laughs> yeah, so you don't understand it. That's not, you can't, that's, a, yeah, you get illegal. Right, so then he gets, then he gets even tested. He goes, well, I'm a dad, and I'll take full uh, responsibility anything that happens, blah, blah, blah. And then says basically uh, his brother backs him up and says really he was in the right man because the kid would only have lived 55 minutes in 2020 he has a full year in 2021 so that should really be his birthday because that's his first full year not just the 55 minutes from 2020 so he takes this to reddit and guess what people re- people respond uh, in kind saying basically here's one one said you're an a-hole as a parent, you don't have authority over space and time. His date and time of birth is a fact, not an opinion. Kudos. Yeah. Kudos. That could stop a lot of what's going on in the world right now. The actual facts. You yeah. can't just pretend whatever you want and be like, ah, it's not a big deal. You know, instead of breaking the law and uh, angering everybody on Reddit, you know what he could have done? He could have closed this out by saying, listen, uh, we're closing out this horrible year with this great thing, the gift of my child. Yes. Or if you really want to, I guess he could have put his foot where, you know, mm. and be like, stop pushing, sweetie. Stop <laughs> pushing. Hold it for 55 <laughs> more minutes. Just hold it in there. Yeah. Then, factually, he would be okay. I bet he felt pretty stupid when he was like, yeah, you were born in 2021, and then six days later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't know if we want to remember that year either. <laughs> yeah. So, yikes. To be determined, but yes. I guess. Eh. We got more parental stuff, don't we? Uh, we do. And this, uh, we have a grifter in the making, and this is going to be, uh, <laughs> this is quite amusing. Uh, so, uh, well, my friend did something kind of similar to this, but I mean, not not as ingenious as this. Okay. So this this pertains to the tooth fairy and a girl apparently losing a tooth. Now this girl found out that of course when you lose a tooth, you get a little cash over, right? Get a little money. Get a little a, money. A little. It's so weird to me how this continues to like. All right, if you, your tooth comes out, you put it under a pillow, and the little fairy comes in. And gives you like a, a I don't know fifty cent piece that's bigger than the fairy itself. Of course, and I I, I always if I if I did this, I don't have children, but if I did this, I would I, I would think I'd like wake them. I'd be like clumsy and like stumble. Yeah, I don't over know stuff. how my parents never did that. That was impressive because yeah. my dad was a large individual. I, I imagine mom played the role of two fairy. Probably, probably. But we had a. Um, so, so she wants to get some money yeah, out of the tooth fairy, exactly. And she puts uh, she puts this fake tooth. Now I need to now I need to show you guys this fake tooth. tooth. I gotta up. see a picture. She of this, puts please. this she puts this fake tooth under, and it is uh, it is this. Now now is on that the video blood? Here, it is. So she Whoa. so she took half of a tic tac, or <laughs> she cut it in half or bit into it or something, and then. With a a red marker, put some blood on the bottom of it. That is ingenious. That is. I mean, you really could pass it off as a a tooth. I mean, it's really interesting that she would do that. Now, my friend did something similar where he actually just, um, he lost a tooth but then didn't tell his mom and put it under there. And so there there was no money. Oh. And he was like, there's no tooth fairy. Oh, what an unfortunate way. The one weird losing teeth story I have 
Uh, I was I lost a tooth one time when I was eating mini donuts. Mm. It was very early in the morning before school, and I thought my tooth was a crumb. And I grabbed it to try to chomp down on it. That did not work oh, out well. That, that was, yeah, mm, not, not, not a crumb. No. Not a crumb. That was an actual tooth. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So, so needless to say, uh, it was funny. And they were, the, the, yeah, the mom says. Yeah, you have to reward that with something, the right? The mom says, yeah, so whatever, fine. You know, that's cute. That's an ingenious. Don't do it again. Don't lie to me. Right, exactly. <laughs> Back to the facts. <laughs> I'll give you a pass on this one. You are inventive, yeah. but eh, facts yeah. are important. But as we know, not everybody's kids are great. And the, the, that's true. You know, Very true. You know, and, and this brilliant segue to this next segment, talking about bad kids, uh, we all know Lizzie Borden, don't we? <laughs> I imagine we should. <laughs> And there's an axe to grind with Bill. I have with an axe to, well, I do have an axe to grind with Lizzie Borden. In fact, I'm sure her parents would have, if you know. Yeah. Now, uh, anyways, Lizzie Borden's house was. Uh, um, now, it wasn't her house; it was her parents' house. It was right? her parents' house, but it's where, called the Lizzie Borden House. For, where, for, for reasons, there's for, reasons for that. Yeah. For reasons, we we have this cute children's rhyme. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother forty wax. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so she killed. She's a mur- she's an axe murderer, and they're like, look at her house. I've been to her house before. Actually. Have you really? I have. Yeah, I was. There? I have. What is it in Salem? It, it was. Uh, yeah, it was out in. Um, it's in Massachusetts. It's out in Massachusetts. But I didn't know if it was in Salem with all the witches, or if it's just outside. No, of I, I don't think so. Anyways, anyway. I had to run because the axe was in my hand. Not oh. but, uh, <laughs> but no. But so her house is up for sale if you want to buy it. That's now, a creepy thing. It is really creepy. Now the axing pri- asking price uh, <laughs> is uh, two. It's, they're chopping down the prices. On that <laughs> We're chopping. We're the chopping prices. the prices. <laughs> Gonna steal a deal, two for one. Two for one. Now, so so her house is uh for two million dollars. Because you could stay there for a while, right? It was like a could. bed and breakfast. It was a bed and breakfast, but yeah. now they're selling it for two million dollars. So I feel you. Know, listen, that's a gold mine. I think you could. They could have hiked that up more because people can make money off that. Because listen, who who wouldn't want to stay in the place where? Two people were murdered. Murdered her parents by, by an axe. And there's no bad juju in that place. Never, of course not. The, the sleep was terrible, but the, the but the scrambled eggs the next day. The scrambled were eggs were great. I mean, you know, they you could tell they were really sliced up pretty good here. And I gotta tell you something. When <laughs> it's th- when it's winter time, we need to we need to <laughs> hack down the trees. We got the perfect thing to do. It I'm with. telling you, the pancakes were so easy to cut through. I didn't even have to whack at it more than forty times. They were perfectly sliced. So, They're perfectly whacked. I mean, stacked. Perfectly stacked. Stacked. You know. Stat. Oh, one of the things you could cut off with an axe would be a foot. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end today's uh, way out Wednesday with a story from Canada, where <laughs> by the way, in Canada they still have foot police. Oh, like my like this is this was ironic that an officer on foot had to do, respond to this call because uh-huh. you don't have that anymore. You don't drive around in America and be like, oh, there's someone. I mean, yeah. at certain events they are, but this is a guy walking the neighborhood. Yeah. Like it reminds me of like something. I, I mean, you're a musical theater guy. I, I'm not a huge musical guy, but it reminds me of something that come out of West Side Story. Uh-oh. Like off what Officer Crumpke or whatever his name walking around. So. Yeah. Anyway, a, a driver pulls up to this cop who's on the beat and says there's a severed foot down by the gas station. <laughs> so the foot police says, I got to check this out. And it come to find out, luckily, not a real human foot, just a mannequin's foot. Yep. So because Canadians have a sense of humor, the police department then put out an APB that said if you uh, happen to be having a mannequin missing a left foot, uh, let them know and it can be found at the police department. Break for news and when we come back... State of the Arts.
It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY. We're back with another episode of State of the Arts with Gus Gordon. How are you doing, Gus? Kevin, uh, all things considered, I'm just fine. Right. The rest of the world, I'm not sure about, but for the moment, all looks good. Yes. Just making it through for the moment. So that's, yeah. So there is. And, and there are there are a lot of positive things happening in the world of uh, theater and all sorts of arts and entertainment right. around the community and around the world. We're going to start locally with uh, I talked the other day with Mackenzie Ashbaugh, who uh, has done some shows here locally, and she's putting on a virtual production of Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream uh, in sort of a, a Zoom uh, format like we've seen a couple of shows. Yeah, sure you did uh, the uh, the Christmas Carol and then, right. of course. Santa's Workshop's Got Talent. So it's it's going to be a Zoom, and it's going to be very laid-back reading. There's going to be some non-traditional casting. It's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, and it's going to be uh, just, you know, hey, we want to do this for fun, do some Shakespeare, do some theater, and just have a good time. And I think that's pretty great. Well, it's all about having a good time right now and taking your yeah. mind off of other weightier issues. So good for them. That's great. Yeah. So, and that should be – they don't have a definitive date for it yet, but they are hoping to have it cast by the end of this week, uh, possibly by next week. And then uh, a couple weeks down the road, they're going to read through it and record it. And, you know, everybody, you know, just everybody can brush up on their space, Shakespeare, Shakespeare, brush up your Shakespeare. Uh, so, yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. I think that's going to be great. Start quoting it now. Yep. Believe it. There. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, um, also, on parts, I've never, I've never done that show, and it's probably, that's probably not a show that's going to be seen much anymore, just because of its subject matter. Uh, that hits me, Kate. Brush up, your yeah. Show. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, those, those yeah. gangsters in that show, those are those are great character parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, you know, shows. Well, you know, shows can, I'm sure. And this is something even to discuss a little bit that, I mean, there's some shows that definitely even within the past couple of years all around the world that you, you see them and you're like, this uh, doesn't fly anymore. But, right. you know, maybe maybe there are some shows that if you put even like not not like a warning in front of it, but like this was written at this time and this is how it is and we don't want to censor it or anything. I don't, I'm not sure. But I mean, there's because there are I mean, as time goes on. More and more shows, and I mean, this is with comedy, this is with anything, what yeah. is deemed acceptable or at the time was acceptable is one of those things where you're like, ah, it, it changes um, from from year to year, from day to day even sometimes. So I don't yeah. know how you feel about that, if that's something that may be coming for shows, I mean, when shows come back. I mean, it's I something know. that, you know, a thoughtful person has to pay attention to and be yeah. conscious of how people can react to those those subject matters. Um, I know the recent Broadway revival, um, you know, worked with the book a little bit to try to bring it more up to current male-female relations standards. And, right. um, you know, it's I, 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 I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you, you need to it, – it's a fine line between honoring history and um, making it palatable for a current audience. And we don't want a lot of these shows to disappear, you know, forever. So maybe figuring out ways to present them in a current format is a good idea just to keep them alive. Yeah. Cause there are so many shows that, um, so many that I love, there's some, some that are my favorites, but 
you know, there's there's maybe a character in it or a song or some choice of lyrics that you're like, yeah, you're like uh, even if it's like there's some where it's even when it's like satire where it's just like you know, you know, this still could rub people the wrong way the way it is you know presented. So exactly, exactly. you know, there's one uh right behind me. I don't know where it is. My fair lady, right there with uh, um. Which that I mean that's you know the the story of Pygmalion in general um, right. and sort and sort of the that the happy ending that came with Pygmalion and eventually My Fair Lady because as in recent years I know has has been one of those that's like mm. you know that I don't know that I understand that one um, because the ending has always been a question mark yeah she doesn't come crawling back to Higgins. She no. is her own independent person who has forged her own way. And I think that's how it's always been written. Now, individual companies might have played it as a love story, but it's not a love story. No, it's an abusive relationship. It's, yeah. Right, I mean, right. And, um, that. you know, sometimes you get confused because the music is so grand and romantic and sweeping. It's a beautiful score. Um, yeah. But it, it, they, they're not a couple. No. And it's never been... You know, I don't think that was George Bernard Shaw's intent. And, um, you know, I watched the the recent Broadway revival and, um, you know, I'd heard that, oh, it was, you know, revisionist and so forth. I didn't see a difference. No, they the didn't. Portrayed in the past for the most part. I mean, no. a little bit subtly, but there was no major change made. They were just very clear in the blocking that, um Again, she was her own person, and and uh, Higgins was a sad guy, and he was on his own. Yeah, and that's that is you know how because I my fair lady is one of my favorites, but yeah, that's how I've uh, that's how it came off because I I remember reading about that saying oh it's yeah like it's revisionist and all this, but when you when I when I saw it, it's like well I mean they, they kind of just they they keep true to the, the the book. I mean they don't really change any of the words around. Yeah. It's just the yeah. staging, which you right. can change around staging in shows. It's not, you know, it's, that, that happens all the time. That's sure. usually what revivals are about. Uh, so, but yeah, so I think as we, as we go forward in the future, especially with, uh, with theater coming back, I think maybe that's something that, and I mean, there are shows that I believe even, even before all this happened that we're saying, Hey, this is, you know, the subject material is you know, it it is what it is. I mean, I know that's a very cliche saying, but you know, it is what it is. That's that's how we have to, you know, without just like cutting half the book out and saying, well, this is you know, the songs well, sound I, I good. Think, I think groups have to decide um, if they want to do that show, then then they do that show, and if they want to rewrite it, then they've created a different show. Then my thought is, well, do a different show if you yeah. want to do this. Do something. Yeah that you're comfortable with, create your own thing. Um, and we're getting a lot of that now. We're getting a lot of new creations. Of, I, I don't really care for some of the re, the revisals. There's a revival, and then there's a revisal, which really yeah. guts the book and, and changes it. And frequently, you know, for no reason, except the current author, you know, wants to earn their paycheck. And... Um, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a tough conversation. It is, but it's uh it's one that you know, it does need to be had and will be being had for. Uh, yeah, I think a continuing the, conversation. Right. Yes. Um, th there's a couple things also happening around the around the world locally, and I mean, I you know, 
uh, talked with you right before we started recording uh, with the Kennedy Center. I mean, yeah, a long time coming with Dick Van Dyke. I had no idea he hadn't had this recognition. I mean, I know he, he's a Tony and you know multiple award-winning actor, but yeah, that he's being honored finally at the age of ninety-five. As you ninety-five, said. and you know they're they're holding this in May and. You know, at 95, you, you really hope that he stays with us. Uh, yeah. Receive that wonderful honor because he is so deserving. He has provided, you know, we have so many treasures. Mel Brooks, yeah. Betty yeah. White. Um, Mary's right, Mary Poppins. Right there. Yep, exactly, exactly. Julie Andrews, of course. Oh, um, yeah. Many of those other folks have been uh, honored in the past. I know Mel Brooks was. Uh, I don't think Betty White has received the Kennedy Center honor, but she has certainly been revered and you know every time i see a picture of betty white on facebook and there was one yesterday yeah i saw it it's It's like like, no please no yeah it's like oh she celebrates her 99th birthday i'm like oh good that's amazing she's you know such an amazing performer um and you know so beloved And, and mel brooks the same way we lost so many greats last year but you know it's it's the circle of life, I guess. It's, it, it it's is hard, but it's just the way things go. And Carl Reiner, you know, was someone I really enjoyed and liked. And of course he wrote and created the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. And he was on it a couple times too. Yeah. I no, think. he played uh, yeah. Alan Brady, the boss. And, yeah. uh, and of course the, the show was kind of based on his own life, but he didn't want to play the lead in it. And they, they put uh, Dick Van Dyke in there and he had already had his uh, hit with Bye Bye Birdie. So he was a rising star. Oh yeah, um, it just catapulted him. And you know, looking back at clips of Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore, I don't know many guys my age don't who don't think, boy, that's a what, that's kind of what I was hoping life would be like when I grew up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm beyond glad that he he among the several people that are going to be honored uh, that he's being honored there. As you said, Debbie Allen is another yeah. one. Who's uh, I saw her years ago in the revival of Sweet Charity on Broadway, and she was fantastic. Nice. It's great. Uh, Garth Brooks is also being uh, honored. Um, Joan Baez in Midori Goto. Um, I hope I pronounced that properly. But they're all, they're all going to be honored, and the, the celebration will take place in uh, May of May 17th, it looks like. Um, yeah, there'll be um, the gala will be modified to meet safety protocols with a series of smaller events for reduced audiences to take place over the course of a week, beginning on May seventeenth, and then I guess it'll be broadcast in in some form as an edited edited piece later. Nice. All right. Well, that's that's great. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's always a those are always great and always so much fun to fun to see. And right. So that that'll be. And great, great to see everybody honored. There's um, a couple. There's uh, a couple things also coming up. Um, and bef- before I get to that, uh, I'm sure you read that. Of course, like many people, especially a lot of artists, are completely out of work. Uh, Broadway actors and actresses, and uh, the show Law and Order SVU, which has been yes. running a long, long time, but has a lot of people. Uh, they they cast guest stars all the time to play uh, the you know a, a, a dad or a, a killer or whoever, but. Uh, but they they said they are hiring as many Broadway actors as they can to give them work during this time. And I think that's great. Yeah, that's very cool. You know, a lot of them will not get health insurance if they haven't worked. And yeah. so almost a full year has gone by. So a lot of these New York actors, Broadway actors, off-Broadway actors 
are in danger of losing their health benefits. So the creators of Law & Order or the producers of Law & Order have decided that they want to try to do this. And it's a badge of honor for Broadway actors when you look at their credits and their bios. Most of them have said, I've been on you know, Law & Order, Law & Order SVU, or what's the other one? What was the other one? Um, um, there was a, uh, criminal Intent was one of them. Yeah. For Maloney, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a friend who um, has appeared... Uh, in several shows on Broadway, he was part of our gala. His name is Jimmy Walton. And in mm -hmm. his bio, he proudly, well, he doesn't proudly state, he, but he states in his bio that he's never appeared on an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny, but now maybe he'll get his chance. Yeah, maybe he can. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's Yeah, there's so, yeah. that's And that is, um, yeah, th and th that is a, a great, I mean, there's, I mean, people make as many, you know, jokes they want to about it, but I mean, everybody knows it. Everybody knows the theme song. Everybody knows the bum bum. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's great. And it's, it's great that, you know, any, any work they're getting is great. Like you said, you know, they lose yeah, their they've insurance. They've been doing that for years. They've been oh, yeah. Broadway actors and, and New York based actors for years. And, um, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm really interested in how many shows are handling this. Uh, my wife and I were watching uh, This Is Us this week, and it's in, they're, they're very concerned about making sure that they drop little comments in there like, oh, I'm so glad that we, um, you know, you socially distanced or that you were in quarantine for two weeks before you came to see me. They keep yeah. dropping those little, you know, lines in there so that the audience feels a little more comfortable that there are three actors in the scene that none of them are wearing a mask or whatever it is. But, um, you know, some of them are figuring out ways to do this, but I don't know what the current situation in L.A. I think a lot of – we talked about that last time. A lot yeah. of production is bound to stop. Yeah, so uh, – But New York, I think, is doing a little better. Yeah, it's it's oh. there. Taking it day by day, I guess. I right. mean, it, like I said, you know, Dr. Fauci says that uh, if people follow the guidelines – get vaccinated, keep their distance, mask up, then uh, productions will be able to go on by fall of this year. So sure. if people follow directions, maybe we can have theater again. Can have nice things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, one of the big things that I'm really excited about is the movie adaptation of Spamalot is now yeah. on the books at Paramount. Casey Nicola, who directed the Broadway production um, will be directing the movie version, and it will feature a screenplay by Eric Idle. Nice. There we go. Yeah. So it'll be mm -hmm. really interesting. Now, there are probably a lot of lot of uh, Monty Python um, nerds that want to, and I might include myself in that category. Me too. Yep. Talking about their dream casting, oh, who would be good in this? And, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't given it a lot of thought yet, but who would be yeah. really good right now in that movie? <sighs> Mm, I, I I'm guessing because I saw I mean I've seen I saw the tour of Spam a lot when it came through a couple of years ago and right. um, Eric Idle played the voice of God and like did the announcement at the beginning so I assume him uh, and or John Cleese will have some sort of a uh, role in it. Um, it'll be I interesting. I, oh, yeah. you know, living members of the group uh, to have some kind of cameo or something would be wonderful. Um, yeah. You know, some of the Broadway performers might still be up for the task, David Hyde Pierce being one. Uh, yeah. I don't think Tim Curry, who played King Arthur on Broadway, um, I don't think he's up to it anymore. If, um, 
with his you know with his sense of humor though i i wonder if they'll put him in there and he'll do something i mean i don't know but um you know he could even be the they offer those people by making him a part of the oh oh yeah he could even be the voice of god or something or he could he yeah or he could be the he could be the historian if they if they add in um elements from also the original movie i guess the historians in the musical too he'd be like the historian at the beginning We'll take a short break and come back with Bottom of the Bargain Bin and Funny Lady. It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin with Kevin Hart. Welcome back to Bottom of the Bargain Bin. Funny Girl of 1964 is a semi-biographical musical of the life of comedian Fanny Bryce, and it is quickly becoming one of my favorite shows. Julie Stein's music is wonderful, and Barbara Streisand's vocals can't be beat. The 1968 movie adaptation, while deviating a little from the show, included some of Bryce's actual songs, giving it some real-world authenticity in an already only somewhat historically accurate depiction of her life. Still, the movie is held in high regard, with some considering it better than the musical it's based on. Streisand reprising the role that launched her to superstardom helped, I'm sure. But her life did not end when Nikki Arnstein exited her life stage left. Fanny Bryce continued to thrive, eventually landing the baby Snooks radio show. She was married a few times, and one of those men she married was Broadway songwriter Billy Rose. Their marriage is the basis for the sequel, which is Funny Lady from 1975. Now, making a sequel to a musical, much less one that is actually good, is hard. I am not going to discount the work that went into this because it is a big, lavish production with great performances. Now, that being said, there are very few musical sequels that actually work. The best I can think of is Grease 2, and that is one people are very mixed about as at best. Others are laughably bad, like Bring Back Birdie, the terrible sequel to Bye Bye Birdie that ran four performances before it closed, or Annie, which had three sequels. Annie 2, Miss Hannigan's Revenge, never made it past tryouts. Annie, A Royal Adventure, a straight-to-video sequel. And Annie Warbucks, which was a somewhat enough successful stage show that it was able to actually get made. Funny Lady has a score by Candor and Ebb, and they did musicals such as Chicago and Cabaret. While the songs are good, they are pretty forgettable and clash with the original musicals since it's a different writing team. While the original had showstoppers like Don't Rain on My Parade, People, and My Man, which was added for the movie, this one has, among the original songs in the score, a few songs written such by Billy Rose, such as Me and My Shadow. Like I said, they're fine, but what were intended to be the I'm the Greatest Star and Don't Rain on My Parade of this fall flat. Streisand is in almost all of the movie, which makes sense as she is the main draw and the best part, but even she can't save this movie's script. James Caan, he plays Sonny in The Godfather, plays Billy Rose. Now, he does a great job, but I can't help but thinking that he is trying a little too hard, maybe, to be a character that's Godfather-esque. And another character that shows up, at least in one scene, is Ben Vereen. Now, uh, you may know Ben Vereen as the deadbeat dad of Will in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's great, and he has this great dance number with these chorus girls, but again, he's really only in the one scene, the one big dance scene. He's in the background of maybe like one part else otherwise, and it is a shame because he's a great stage presence, great singing voice, and he really could have been a great character in this movie if it wasn't, I guess, based on somewhat historical events, and I don't know. I just wish he was in more of this movie, because he is one of the best parts. Now, speaking of characters that 
really aren't in much of it. Let's talk about Nicky Arnstein himself, Omar Sharif, who reprises that role for maybe five minutes of this two-hour and 17-minute movie. The once suave but slimy gambler he just played a few years prior is gone, and now he looks like the My Pillow guy. His appearance in this movie, which should be as dramatic as it is portrayed, it just feels like an actor reprising their role for a bit on SNL or The Tonight Show. When he shows up an hour into the movie and says, Fanny, you almost expect studio applause. I mean, I guess the point is that he's always been a gold-digging bum and Fanny still has feelings for him. But it just does not go over well, as the writers and directors hoped. And tonally, I mean, this movie is just all over the place. There's a scene shortly after Rose and Bryce are married where they are screaming in each other's faces, and it looks like it's going to turn violent. I mean, Billy looks like he's about to like hit her or something, and I mean, he doesn't. He gets a nosebleed and falls asleep. But this just comes out of nowhere. I mean, absolutely no. This is right after. I mean, a direct cut right after they get married uh, five months prior. And I know their marriage wasn't perfect, and that's part of the plot of the movie, but... God, this just comes out of nowhere. And early on, you know, their relationship is budding. He pats her on the butt and then tries to forcibly kiss her, and she's pushing him away. She throws some powder on him. He throws it back at her, and they laugh, and that furthers their friendship. Now, not that I'm in a Me Too, a movie that takes place almost 100 years ago, but, oh, it is painfully awkward to watch. And because this is later in Fanny Bryce's life, she's more established and comfortable speaking her mind. Streisand gets to play around with this a lot and let loose. And although the movie is PG, it's mid-70s PG, so probably closer to today's PG-13. There's, I mean, there's enough goddamns to make John McClane blush, but it's almost used to the point of parody. Now, in a well-written musical, songs that are performed in the show's universe have a reason for being there. They move the plot along in a way conventional dialogue and action can't. But here, there's so much superfluous music that it makes your head spin. There's maybe two songs that exist to actually advance the narrative, and, well... The rest of them are songs that Billy Rose wrote that are shoehorned into the movie. It ends with Fanny Bryce telling Nick off um, after... Well, as she's telling him off, uh, she's being cheated on by Billy Rose. And that, of course, marriage comes to a head. They get divorced. But they reconnect ten years later in heavily aged makeup. And they sing Me and My Shadow because they wanted to include it in the movie. I wouldn't recommend this at all. I would just watch Funny Girl instead. Maybe do the listen to the soundtrack because that might be something you could do. It would it's it's a nice soundtrack. There's some good songs, but really, I, it, Funny Girl beats this in every category. I would just watch Funny Girl again, or if you haven't watched it yet, just watch that. Thank you very much for watching and listening. I will see you next time on Bottom of the Bargain Bin. You missed a segment. Hello. Hello, anybody home? You can find it at WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. You can hear the full show, some of the clips, some of the things you might not even hear on the air. Interactive appetite, searching for a website, a window to the world, got to get online. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. Thank you once again for listening in. I'll see you next week here at 11 a.m. WMAY.